Hi, I'm Jaden, and this is the Coronavirus Podcast. Stay safe, stay home, be cool, and don't overeat during the lockdown. Welcome to the Coronavirus Podcast. I'm Indira Stewart. Thanks, Jaden, for the great advice there. It's a new normal for many of us who are adjusting to a different lifestyle in lockdown. It also means that a lot of us are now doubling up as both parents and teachers for our kids. So later in this episode, our producer, Jesse Chang, is going to get some tips on homeschooling. But first, let's get to the headlines. Yesterday, Police Commissioner Mike Bush announced the first arrests linked to breaches of the lockdown. We have, over the last few days, had cause to arrest three people for persistent breaches. Yeah, they were round about. Uh, They'd come to our notice before. As per our four-step plan, they'd been previously warned about their behaviour. They decided that they wouldn't oblige, uh, so we obliged for them. Two of them were taken into custody. Uh, They stayed there for a short time. Uh, and then they were released without uh, prosecution. One person remains in police custody, uh, mainly because they had other outstanding matters in front of them. But again, we will be out there ensuring people do comply, because we can't say it enough, stay home saves lives. You might remember on Monday, the police launched a new online form for people to report breaches of the lockdown. You can find that form at 105.police.govt.nz. Mike Bush says so many people were trying to make reports that the police website crashed, although it's now back up and running again. Since that was stood up, uh, we've had 4,200 reports of people believing others weren't complying. What I can tell you is about 1,000 of them relate to business, and the rest relate to people. So for example, um, some of those um, reports are quite general. There are people congregating at Mairangi Beach that shouldn't be. So we'll deploy into that as a tasker. Again, it shows how determined Kiwis are to ensure that everyone complies with us. Mike Bush says most of the breaches of the lockdown are by New Zealanders. But there have been concerning reports about tourists continuing to travel around the country in spite of the lockdown. People who are tourists must know that they cannot drive around the country from destination to destination. I had it uh, recounted to me a few days ago, someone travelling from Tauranga for work purposes, they couldn't move on the desert road for camper vans. That's got to stop. We will be out there, Uh, we will be educating in the first instance. But I appeal to those tourists, stay where you are. That's the rules. Look, it's really easy to get frustrated when we hear about this kind of rule breaking. And if you see a clear breach happening, you should definitely report it. But it's not worth wasting our energy getting angry or anxious about what these people are doing. It's out of our control. All we're going to do is make ourselves miserable while we're in isolation. Instead, we need to try to focus on what is in our control. And, helpfully, the Director-General of Health, Ashley Bloomfield, has announced a new way all of us can help by tracking the spread of this virus. An email that you get each week called Flu Tracker. It asks about whether you've had symptoms of a fever or cough in the last week. 
We have now extended the questions on that flu tracker to include whether or not you've had a swab or a test for COVID-19. I would encourage everybody to uh, help contribute to our tracking of COVID-19 by registering online on the flu tracker uh, survey. This is a practical way that uh, we can all contribute to the monitoring of influenza-like symptoms and specifically to COVID-19. To sign up to that flu tracker email, go to info.flutracking.net. We'll also put up a link on our website. Speaking of the flu, flu vaccination is going to be a very important part of the response to COVID-19. Preventing people from getting the flu will be a huge help in reducing the burden on the health system. But don't book yourself in for a visit to the pharmacy or the GP just yet. Dr Bloomfield says they're prioritising vaccines for vulnerable people and those working on the front line of the health system. We want to keep our frontline workers well so that they can support our COVID-19 response. We want our people who are most likely to get complications from influenza if they get it and therefore end up in hospital to be vaccinated first. You should not be seeking a vaccination or expect to be called for a vaccination if you're not in one of those groups until at least mid-April. This is an important part of our overall response. There is plenty of vaccine. We have 400,000 more vaccines this year than we had last year. That's a 30% increase and already 800,000 have been distributed. There are stories of some practices who have run short and so we are working right across the country to redistribute the existing vaccine that is already in the system so that all practices who need it are able to vaccinate those higher priority groups. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern raised concerns about vulnerable workers in essential industries. It is critical during this time of Level 4 lockdown that employees of essential services are able to take the leave when they cannot work, particularly vulnerable people who should be self-isolating. The risk is that if these workers cannot work from home, have exhausted their sick leave or don't have income support, they might feel pressured to keep going to work. We do not want that. Ms Ardern says Cabinet will be providing more guidance about how these workers should be dealt with. But in the meantime, both the major supermarket chains have announced they will continue to pay vulnerable employees even if they can't come to work. And on the topic of supermarkets, you might have seen some stories in the news and on social media about price gouging in supermarkets. Ms Ardern says the government has found no evidence that gouging is happening. However, during a period in which there is less competition in the food retail sector and increased demand, it is more important than ever that prices are fair and reasonable. As such, we've created a reporting mechanism for the public. Pricewatch at mb.govt.nz. A simple email address dedicated to reporting of potential price gouging. Uh, I've already seen some reports made online on social media. Now I ask those individuals if you can specifically send those reports, say a copy of your receipt, a simple photo of what you've seen, directly through um, to MB. Uh, this will enable us to make sure we are properly investigating any reports of price gouging. Just to repeat, that email address is pricewatch at MB, spelled M-B-I-E dot govt dot nz 
One potential solution to price gouging would be to reopen other food sellers like greengrocers, butchers and bakeries to provide more competition. But the Prime Minister says there are two very good reasons to keep those smaller shops closed. Many people have experienced it. There are limited numbers of people in shops. Um, there's certain practices to keep people from being in contact with each other. And that kind of practice we can maintain because we have a limited number of stores open. It also means we have fewer workers at risk. For every greengrocer, for every bakery, um, for every um, retail store that is open, that's a workforce that's also put at risk. And we need to minimise that as much as possible. Now for the latest news in Australia, yesterday evening the Prime Minister there, Scott Morrison, announced any Kiwis living and working in Australia on the 444 Special Class Working Visa will now be eligible for its COVID-19 Job Support Wage Subsidy Scheme. The subsidy is the central plank in a $130 billion economic stimulus package. It's the third and largest package the Australian government has announced in response to the coronavirus. Most Kiwis living in Australia weren't eligible before yesterday. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern says she had been personally raising the matter with Scott Morrison several times, including yesterday morning, and she was really pleased that he had taken action. Now, if you're a parent like me, right now you'll be adjusting to a bit of homeschooling at home while the schools are shut down. Four weeks at home with your kids is not easy for some, and it's extra daunting if you've got zero homeschooling experience. But Erin Parkinson, who's been homeschooling her kids for 14 years, has a comforting message. Don't panic. You probably have more experience than you think. Ms Parkinson is part of the Auckland Home Educators Organisation, which supports families who are homeschooling. She spoke to our producer, Jessie Chang. Top advice that I give anyone who asks about homeschooling is, especially when they say what you just said, you know, oh, we've, we've never done any homeschooling before, is changing the mindset of what you see education as, because every parent has taught their children. You know, we didn't need a curriculum to tell them how to, you know, teach them how to walk or how to talk how to tie their shoelaces. We don't think of those things as school subjects. And the same goes for, you know, teaching them how to cook when they're a bit older. Everyone's got it in them. You learnt it and you can teach your child. And if you didn't learn it, there's no reason why your child can't also learn it. And you can learn it along with them or, you know, you can kind of sublet it to the computer, find YouTube. So what would you advise people to do in terms of, like, how do you even set out making a schedule? Every family is different, so just for personal experience, my husband decided last night, he had a family meeting with everyone, all the kids, and said, right, this is what we're going to do the next day, and this is the schedule. Um, so that was last night. Very good. <laughs> Our schedule was broken by 8.30 this morning. You tried. You really <laughs> he tried. tried. <laughs> and I said, honey, that, that might not work, because, you know, these two children don't actually wake up by that time. He said, no, 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 it'll be fine. Well, not even he woke up by the time that he'd scheduled everyone to wake up. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's a case of not stressing if, you know, what you've planned doesn't work. You know, mm. as as parents, you, you constantly have to change things anyway and readjust to suit your family. And the same thing goes for now and with homeschooling and teaching. So, you know, give yourself a bit of leeway and don't stress about the academics as much as about the relationship with your kids. 
what activities though would you recommend parents do with their kids even if it's um, not academic yep um well learning to cook life life skills the kind of education that you can do in your home better than school can do so a school you know often an intermediate sort of learn how to make some pancakes and how to bake a cake but a school can't really teach your kids how to cook well mm. most of the time because it's it's a lot harder to teach a class of 30 that you've got this perfect opportunity right now everyone does to you know teach teach cooking teach baking um life skills like oh does your child actually know how to work the washing machine because let's not leave that till they leave home good <laughs> um, idea learn how to do it now um you know making their bed it, a lot of parents will already be going well you know my kid already knows how to do that that's great but there are things that you often wish that you had more time to do or you know that they had time that they could learn but they can't because they're off at school and then when it's holidays you're off on holiday so right so write those down do those things and and for the older ones would it would you recommend doing stuff like you know teaching them how to do banking well or teaching them how to get insurance and that kind of thing absolutely um you know just adult adult life skills um how to change the tire on the car i mean the cars aren't going anywhere it doesn't really matter if they stuff it up a few times (laughs) um that's small things like that um just i i would recommend walking around the house and going you know what are some things i actually wanted my kids to know before they left home what were things that you know as a parent you felt unprepared for when you left home because i know for me i did not know how to cook and then i married a husband who um his family had had him cooking from like 13 onwards so that was fortunate it was really really (laughs) fortunate but when he's busy with work and i'm suddenly cooking cooking stresses me because i never had a really good grounding in it so you know it's something that all of my children have learned to do because which is also great for me I don't have to cook very often anyway but um but you know it's just a a life skill that I was determined they would not leave home without. But Erin Parkinson gets that sometimes book work is needed. She says a Facebook group recently set up by long-time homeschool parents is a great place for ideas and resources. Called Unexpectedly Homeschooling there have been hundreds of new members. Apart from that most schools should have some sort of coursework already and if not, Miss Parkinson says, just keep it simple. Let's take maths. What what can they do? And just do one one new thing, like ro- learning your Roman numerals or learning to tell the time. For the older kids, use the great YouTube video things like Khan Academy and Education mm. Perfect. Um, they've got wonderful resources on there for NCEA work, high school level, maths, English, every every topic you can imagine. You know, learning to type, making use of all of the learn to type websites and actually getting our kids using the proper fingers and good typing speed is a skill that they will, you know, value for the rest of their life. There's some ideas. Um, Reading is just so important and reading aloud to your children, regardless of how old they are, you know, and audiobooks, especially putting them on at bedtime, putting them on while the kids are playing with Lego, you know, your teenagers, your adults, everyone can be listening to audiobooks. It saves your voice, and usually the person reading it is really good at reading yeah. <laughs> aloud. And there's some amazing resources in terms of audiobooks. If you're in some of our libraries in New Zealand, can use Libby, which is 
all you need is your library card number. You log it in, and you can borrow e-books and library and audio books. Okay. Um, Audible has released a whole lot of books for free, and David Williams, the author of Gangster Granny. You can't go in there! Yelled Ben, thinking of the jewels still scattered all over the carpet. Why not? Um, 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 because Granny is doing her naked yoga. Ben needed a dramatic excuse to stop Mr. Parker barging through the door and seeing the jewels. He was pretty sure he had hit the jackpot as Mr. Parker paused and furrowed his brow. Sadly, the nosy neighbour was not convinced. Naked yoga. <laughs> a likely story. I need to talk to your grandmother right away. Now, get out of my way, you nasty little worm of a boy, he said as he shoved the boy aside and opened the living room door. Granny must have heard Ben through the door because when Mr Parker burst into the room, she was standing in her bra and knickers in tree pose. Sort of the eight to ten-year-olds will all know those books. He's releasing a new audio book every day on his website, um, which is just brilliant. You've talked about how, you know, like, if you guys have schedules, don't worry if it isn't followed completely to the letter. But is there a guideline you would recommend about how to schedule things? Yes. Um, I mean, for most people, a schedule works well if you kind of... The, the priority stuff or the or the bookworky sort of start, stuff do in the morning and then leave the afternoon for some free time and and you know tech time um, depending on your your family's philosophy on devices you might find it better to say hey we're just gonna we're gonna stay off devices until after lunch unless they're needed for you know for schoolwork or something um, I, I would suggest you know you've got to leave time for free time and for creativity and for getting outside and getting the blood pumping um you know exercising on your driveway and wherever you can in the current lockdown situation um and also also schedule in some time apart from each other i think that mm, for the next yeah, four weeks is going to be really important so especially if you've got like preschoolers and stuff, maybe look at doing a quiet time after lunch where everyone goes to their rooms and everyone, you're either sleeping or reading on your bed. Um, and that, I mean, it doesn't have to be preschoolers. That might be really useful if you have teenagers too. <laughs> but just a, a, a break time where nobody is going to talk to you and you are not going to talk to anyone and siblings are not going to be speaking to each other. Um, just to give everyone a yeah. little bit of space. I think that's important for your sanity. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> um, and, and this is a big thing when people say, oh, gosh, you know, I could never homeschool. You know, I, I couldn't have my kids around me all the time. Homeschool mums find their way to um, have that time to themselves too. We're not, you know, we're not with our children every second of 24-7. It's important for everyone, no matter how much of an extrovert you are or introvert, to, to find time for yourself. And how how do you feel about these next four weeks, Erin? Um, a little nervous, excited. Yeah. Slightly worried about the you know the relationships in our family. In some ways, we, <laughs> I'm I'm wanting them to grow stronger. I can see ahead that there will be some days where they're not going to grow stronger at all. Yep. Um, but that's where we're going to have to work through those and work out how 
how do we best get along and what are the buttons that we really need to avoid pushing on different people. So overall, it's going to be a great learning experience. That was homeschool mum Erin Parkinson talking to our producer Jessie Chang. We'll be back tomorrow, but until then, be kind. Kia homaru, kia kaha. The Coronavirus Podcast is presented by me, Indira Stewart. It's produced by William Ray, Jesse Chang and Sonia Sly. Our sound engineer is Adrian Holley. The executive producer is Tim Watkin. You can subscribe to the Coronavirus Podcast anywhere and it's free. Just go to the podcasts and series page at rnz.co.nz. And while you're there, feel free to check out some of RNZ's great non-coronavirus related podcasts. And if you need some resources to help out with homeschooling, check out the Aotearoa History Show. It's available as a video series on YouTube and as an audio-only podcast. It's made for Kiwis of all ages, so even if you don't have kids, you still might enjoy it. <laughs>